Hey, Breakthrough listeners, it's Jason Lowe and Peter Lount from episode number 107. At Ascendant Financial, mybankersvault.com, we specialize in teaching real estate investors across Canada the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. Do you also find it frustrating when it's difficult to access the financing you need or when the housing market moves against you? And when there's unexpected prolonged vacancy or expensive repairs, are you tired of transferring all that money away from you? We have the solution at mybankersvault.com. By becoming your own banker, anything that you are already doing financially, including real estate investing, is radically improved. Whether utilizing this process for down payments or for entire real estate purchases, becoming your own banker puts you in a position to control the repayment schedule on your loans while enhancing your overall returns. Whether you are brand new to real estate or a seasoned investor, we believe that ready access to money and financial control should be in your hands not the banks or a loan officer. We have an exclusive and irresistible package for Breakthrough Podcast listeners. If you want the best way to build and deploy capital, easier access to money, better returns, and less headaches, head on over to mybankersvault.com. That's mybankersvault.com. Tired of the 9 to 5? Tired of only dreaming about the things you want to do? Want to have more time for your family? More time for you? More time for you? This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we interview qualified guests in the real estate industry all across Canada. We want you to live life on your terms, and we want to help you break through to that life through the power of real estate investing. This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. Now your hosts, Rob Brake and Sandy McKay. Well, hello and welcome once again, everybody. Thanks for joining us again today for the uh, Christmas edition of uh, the podcast. Very Might very well be the last show of 2021. But uh, anyway... I'm here again, joined by Sandy McKay. How are you? Hey, I'm awesome. I, I love that Christmas edition. You got the tree going in the background. It's beautiful. I do. We just got it up yesterday. So Christmas in Costa Rica, first one. Mm-hmm. Is it your first right. one, or were you there? A lot? You were close to Christmas. Yeah, no, we, we came right after Christmas last year. Okay, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're excited. It's going to be different. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's snowing where we are. Well, it's there's snow on the ground where we are, so you're missing that, I guess, or uh, <laughs> avoiding it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and that being said, we are still uh, my team and James Kennedy and everybody's still doing like lots of. Uh, we're very active in Peterborough and Durham, still helping investors there. So, you know, get, and and James is actually still doing uh, video tours all every week, if not. Close to every day, he's got new ones. Um, so we're sharing all that knowledge with investors still of maybe duplex conversions or student rentals, whichever places the uh, the, the property permits. And um, yeah, so I mean, we're still doing that. So please reach out to me and uh, we'll get you in touch with James because there's lots, there's tons of opportunities there still. So especially in the student rental uh, it's still Especially one of the markets. It's, yeah, it's student rentals. It's still one of the markets. Sorry, mm-hmm. it's still one of the markets where no, no uh, worries. Where uh, people ask me in GTA ish, where can you? Where does it? Mm-hmm. Where do the numbers make sense? That's quote unquote affordable. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, exactly. Peter, Peterborough's pretty much at the top of the list, I would suggest, or it's right up there with a small group of other areas. We're still doing lots. There's still like a ton of bidding wars and things like that going on there too. So um, you know, the market is definitely hot. But uh, still good opportunities. And Sandy, when people when people uh, you know say that to you, feel free to send them our way. <laughs> I know, I know. I usually it it depends what they want. Sometimes they our our area. If we're like out more west of Toronto, they start you know it's it's a Brantford maybe or a Niagara or something. But if it's def, if it's more eastern uh, east of the city, east of Toronto at least, then yeah, Peterborough's as good as it gets in my opinion. And where are you guys focused right now? Your way, Hamilton. <laughs> Hamilton, yeah. That's as much typical. as it's, as much as it's a little bit more unaffordable, I suppose, and depending on what your strategy is, right? There's, there's, it's a little harder to get into than it was, you know, five years ago, definitely ten years ago. But it's, uh, 
there's still opportunities out there. There's a lot of it. But again, it's just like a sort of a change up in the, in the, in the uh, mindset, like a shift in what you're going to do with the property. So Mike, who was on from your team last, last episode just says, you know, we're just changing up the strategy a little bit to still continue to make it profitable. Right. Yeah. I mean, a deal is a deal in any city, right? You can find great deals in Toronto. It's not like they're a little bit harder to find probably, but it's not like there's no deals in Toronto or Vancouver or, or Montreal or any of these major cities where the numbers are getting tighter from a cash flow perspective. There's still opportunities. It just depends on your strategy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, uh, everybody listening, please go over to our website, breakthroughreipodcast.ca. There you can hook up with all of the past guests that we've had on uh, the over 150 different guests that we've had on since we started. And, um, you know, you can hook up with them there. You can also get our free gift. Yeah, the ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estate. And when you get that, you'll also... Uh, as, of course, learn about all of our other stuff we got going on through our uh, email newsletters and whatnot. And, um, and especially now, I think it's more exciting than ever to get on those lists because you'll, you'll end up uh, hearing a lot more. We've got a lot more exciting stuff in the works for 2022. So uh, it's very uh, timely to jump on the list, hear about everything we got going on, and um, never miss a show, more importantly. Yeah, never miss a show. Most of our, you know, we've got great listeners. Um, most of them are, are listening to every episode when they come out. And so uh, we're very, you know, appreciative of everyone who does that uh, over on iTunes, which is also another place where you can listen to the show and where most people probably actually end up uh, uh, ultimately consuming it from is, is iTunes. And while you're over there, you can write us a rating and review, please. That helps us out a lot. You know, it helps share this with more people that might have interest in what we're talking about and they'll be able to find us and they'll be able to get all this information. So, uh, yeah, like it, it, it takes a couple minutes, but leave us a rating review and we appreciate it a lot. And I keep saying, I'm going to read, uh, some of the reviews, which, okay, I will do that next time. <laughs> but, uh, it's been I, a while. I we've missed that, that. Yeah, for a while. we have, <laughs> But uh, there's uh, actually we've had a suggestion, a couple of suggestions. So I'll also get to those too next episode for just things that people want to hear about. Actually, um, you know, one of the ones is is deal analysis. Someone wants some more in-depth deal analysis Mm. just because of the situation that we're in. And because of what we were talking about earlier in the show, people are like, well, if the numbers work and, you know, somebody new says, well, how do I know if the numbers work? What am I looking for? Right? So maybe we can break that down with, uh, with, uh, with a future guest, Sandy, and, and go over some of that. Yeah, we haven't, I think we might have done that early on. We haven't done that in a bit, for sure. Just gone through some actual details. Mm-hmm. details yeah. And again, it's always evolving. It's always changing. So, and, and everybody does it a little bit differently. And depending on what you're investing in, it's done differently. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we can start to maybe... Uh, dig into that a little bit with some of the some of the future guests and maybe we'll get into a little bit today even with our guest chris herlin who's here with us today hey guys thank you for having me here today yeah i really appreciate you taking the time and you're super early where you are it's what it's just after 6 a.m for you yes in 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 bc yes six o'clock in the morning i wake up at five so it's not a not a big uh big change for me in the daily routine (laughs) <laughs> yeah, which is great, though, because we do appreciate you accommodating our schedule here, too, with no, us. Thank you. Everyone's thank got you a lot me. going on. So, yeah, <laughs> so no, we appreciate really. you being here. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I, got, I have a quick bio for you, and then we'll, we'll learn a lot more about your story. We're excited to learn how you've gone from um, being living in Brazil, right, coming to Canada in 20, uh, 2013. So about eight years you've been here in Canada. Um, you're into fitness, you're a triathlete, extreme sport competitor. Uh, I guess that's partially why you're up early. You got lots of uh, training and stuff to do. Um, <laughs> but you worked as an engineer and in the automotive field for 17 years with automotive companies. In 2015, you decided to venture into this world of real estate investing uh, in Canada, as well as have your full-time job at the same time at that point. And uh, obviously it became a passion, really interested in it. And you started acquiring properties, learned about the Canadian real estate markets and uh, in 2020, obviously when COVID came around, you decided to go in full time. And uh, we have here that you opened a real estate holding company, construction company, started flipping homes, buying, renovating, and selling them, mostly in Ontario. And from yeah. May 2020 to up to today, you've purchased and sold 16 properties 
And so that's doing some quick math. That's about one a month, give or take. Yeah. And uh, so I, I think you've been pretty busy, uh, pretty busy guy in the real estate world. And so we're excited to learn more about that experience and what that's been like from going from engineering to real estate full time, flipping houses, uh, maybe even some wholesaling. We'll dive into some of these uh, different different ways that you've flipped houses. So excited to have you here and welcome again. Thank yeah, you very yeah. much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was a crazy journey, to be honest. Um, well, from moving to in, from engineering to real estate was uh, almost a forced way because uh, in 2020, COVID hit and uh, I was laid off after 17 years doing the same thing. First time in my life that I was unemployed since like I was in Brazil, like actually. Um, and um, not luckily, but... Fortunately, I was already so deep into real estate. I already have a few properties. I already had a good cash flow going with my burrs. I already had a few properties in Stratford that we had rentals. And uh, actually, the transition was easier, I would say. Um, not easy because, of course, I had to build a new, a brand new company and start doing from scratch. But um, the whole, the, my whole journey was not easy by any means, like moving from Brazil to here and learning a new language, trying to learn the, the, uh, the way the Canadians move, uh, Canadians <laughs> do things <laughs> a lot different than in Brazil and the weather too, right? Brazil is like, as you know, uh, Rob, you're in, in Costa Rica, the weather is completely different, right? Like you, you have warmth, uh, in the, in the Christmas time and, uh, um, different in, in Canada, but, um, I adjusted, uh, 2013 was the year that I moved here. Well, no wait a money. minute before, before you go into that, like you were saying there, let's, 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 let's go back, talk yeah. about a little bit about, you know, your, how you grew up and what would make you want to leave Brazil and come to Canada. And if there's any Absolutely. real estate any, and if you did any real estate stuff in Brazil, I'm curious about that too. Um, Nothing. No real no. estate in Brazil. Um, I was um, so I, I was I was born, and grew in Brazil until like 2013. So for 28 years, I lived in Brazil. Um, my father's French, so I lived a little bit in France when I was young. So I had that um, you know that disparity between Brazil, the the violence in Brazil, and like the more calm living in France. So I always had this mind, like it's in the back of my head was like, why, um, why do I have to live in a country that's so violent? Uh, I'm always scared. So I had always this um, fear, right. Of like going outside and like being robbed and um, getting um, uh, whatever, right. Like it's just so, so violent uh, killed sometimes even. Um, what part and, of Brazil uh, were you in? Sao Paulo. Okay. Sao Paulo. It was really <clears throat> violent. And, um, so for, for my entire life, I was always like, I don't want to live here. I want to leave Canada, uh, Brazil. And I didn't know where to, right? Like I, I still like Canada and Brazil. There's that Canada doesn't have much history. There's no war. There's no nothing. So like, they don't talk too much in, uh, in history or geography too much in, in the class. But it turns out that I start working for a company, uh, two companies that are Canadian. One is Gates Corporation. Another one was um, uh, I'm part of a Magna company. And I was introduced to Canada very quickly. And they flew me to Canada a few times as a business trip. Um, and that's when I learned about Canada. When I came here and I fell in love right away with the country. But, and that's, that's the mindset I had, right? Like I wanted to leave and because of the violence and all that. And, um, it, it's, it's a harder life in Brazil to, to be able to buy a house in, in Brazil. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really difficult. Like it's, uh, you, and, and not saying, not, not only saying that, but when I was young, I was not very, uh, money savvy at all. Like I used to be like always partying, always drinking and uh, spending all my money. So I didn't have any, any money, um, uh, any money to invest, to be honest. Like, um, and when I moved to Canada, of course, you're away from everyone. I didn't have family, no friends, no money, actually. 
Um, so I had to really get into my uncomfort, my, my discomfort of not having anyone around and save me from any trouble that I would have. So that's when I started really thinking about building wealth. And that's when I started getting into real estate. Hey, investors, we want to let you know our partners at Calvert Home Mortgage are an amazing mortgage lender for your Burr or Flip projects. They only require 20000 down, no appraisals needed in most instances, and can fund quickly. And right now, we're offering Calvert Home Mortgage's free Flip Burr Analyzer tool to run your numbers on deals. It's in our podcast description, and you can save $500 off your next deal with Calvert Home Mortgage when you mention our referral code, Breakthrough Podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, very cool. So let's. So what did you? What was the first thing? First of all, okay. So you started visiting Canada a, a couple of times on business trips. So where were you going? Where were you staying? I was typically in Vaughan, um, Toronto, very close to Toronto. That's Toronto, that's where. Yeah. But you're in BC now. So how does that happen? <laughs> so this is something that not many people know. Like when I came last time to 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 Canada. Um, I was, I, I started really the process of asking, uh, the company to hire me here. So it was the process of really talking to my boss every single day. I didn't want to go back to Brazil. That was the last time I promised myself. That was the last time I was going back to Brazil in 2012. When I came here as I'm not going back. So they started the process, but it was not really like, um, guaranteed to me, uh, that I was going to get the job. And it turns out that a company in Vancouver um, connected with me on LinkedIn and they offered me a job in Vancouver. So they flew me to Vancouver one day one, in December 2012 and uh, they offered me a job. And when I came to Vancouver, I fell in love with BC mainly because as an athlete, I was seeing people in December like biking on the streets and like doing activities outside where in Toronto was snowing. And uh, like, so it was a different lifestyle in BC. It's a completely different lifestyle. And you didn't speak English at the time. And I, sp- I spoke a little bit of English. It was broken English. Um, I, I tried, I was, I was really like, I, I was always a guy that I, my discipline and my, my want, my drive always pushes me to do stuff faster. So I came here like speaking broken English and every single day I was training, I was talking to people, I was putting myself in uncomfortable situations and learning more and more every single day. And people saw that. And I said like, honestly, guys, I'm doing my best. I'm going to be, I'm going to be fluent in English very soon. So they trusted me. And actually the two companies offered me jobs at the same time. And I said, the first one that gives me the, the job off and the job, um, the job I'm staying in Canada, that's basically it. And it turned out that I got the job in Toronto and I stayed in Toronto and it took me eight years to move to, to BC. <laughs> the, whole time you were, the whole time, every time you left Toronto, you were like, you were like okay, I'm not going back to Toronto. No. You stay in BC. <laughs> yeah. It's the last time I'm going to Toronto. Exactly. Exactly. It was basically like, how, how am I going to make to BC again? That's always my question. And so oh, you've been now, there, you've only been there for uh, a month long, or right? now. A month. Yeah. So a brand month. new there. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. So how did your investing journey start then? So it's when I met my wife. So, um, when I uh, moved to Canada, I was by myself. So, um, started the journey of like meeting near people, met my wife uh, about six months after I moved to Canada. Um, well, at the time, like just an acquaintance, so just, just the person that I met. And then we fell in love and we, we got married. Uh, she's really um, very good with money. Like she really knows how to save money. And uh, I had some money saved in Brazil too. We brought some, I brought that money. We joined efforts and then we started investing. So we bought a house. Um, my wife already had a house purchased in Collingwood, Ontario. And um, so we invested on another property. So we put one for rent. And that's when we started like learning the power of cash flow. And then we pulled some equity. And then we bought another two houses out of that equity. Then we continue going from there. So single family homes. Single family homes. Okay, very good. And where were, they, where were the next two? Uh, all in Stratford. 
So that's when I uh, was offered another job <laughs> in, in Stratford. Um, we uh, were not, I was not, um, to be honest, like in, in Vaughan or Toronto, it was super hard for me to acquire anything. So that was the only way was to move to another city. Uh, I was offered a job in Stratford. That's when um, we started investing more in Stratford, Ontario. And so how do you, and at that time you were able to purchase single family home and have it cash flow? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. In Stratford, there was a, uh, funny enough, um, Stratford has been growing for the past few years, a little slower than all like Toronto for, for sure. But, um, Stratford has been uh, a very good hub for automotive companies. And uh, so really getting a lot of very good uh, people around like that make money. Um, so when we purchased those properties, those single family homes, the prop, the purchase price was pretty good still like at that time, it was 2017. Um, and uh, we got them at highly discounted prices. So we're really good at finding like off market deals or like uh, buying with equity already. So we're at the 200s at that time. Um, was and, this early? Uh, or was this late 2017? Later in the year? Or earlier, early, early 2017. Okay, because the market yeah. was really. Remember, at the early part of 2017, was going crazy, right? Yeah, in yeah. most places. It, it it started going crazy right after we started acquiring those off-market deals in Stratford, and we were already getting properties like with at least 50 to to 100k uh, in equity just because we're buying them off off market off off grid um and then we had i i started doing some renovations that i never done before in my life <laughs> especially in canada the the construction is completely different in brazil and uh learning um on the spot on how to do things and doing the renovations improving the properties and then putting them for rent and then uh, pulling equity three four months later so these were what type of properties were they single families were they multifamily so i got um so at that time i was buying everything uh, detached homes uh fully detached single family homes um that they, they had potential opportunity to do um duplex conversions although i didn't do them at that time i was not informed enough in the market like to do like conversions and things like that or probably didn't have enough money to do that so we kept them as single families and rented for families for you know like uh i was getting great mortgages so we're still making like 800 dollars a month per property in cash flow at that time especially ah, because amazing. the price of the property yeah it, and this is all because the price of the property that we bought them for like <clears throat> highly discounted and um, the average mark, the average rent in Stratford at that time was fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars a month, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and our mortgage is super low. So we could actually um, cash flow really, really well in those properties. Okay, what, so what, go what ahead. Was your, what was your strategy for finding those? How did you find these discounted properties? Because uh, I sounds appealing, but is it is it probably easier than you're making, or probably more difficult than you're making? <laughs> It's not easy for sure. Um, every single day I would drive around. I would drive around city and trying to find properties and like just just looking at properties that were like either for sale by owner or I had a very good uh, relationship with my real estate agent and she would have pocket deals once in a while. Like she would like, hey, Chris, like this person here really needs to sell this house. If we put an offer today, we'll be able to get this property. So I got a few of them like that, uh, that uh, relationships and just putting myself in the zone of like just walking around and trying to find, especially because I run a lot. I bike all the time. I was always around town, like just doing different things and uh, just looking around and putting myself in those shoes of like knocking doors or like just checking uh, what they're up to and uh, putting offers. Okay, so by 20, um, I guess, early 2020, when you got laid off, what did your portfolio look like at that time? Um, at that time, I had uh, five single family homes, a triplex, a duplex, and a fourplex. Okay, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And, and did they come in that order? Uh, yes, uh, pretty much of the same order. So uh, before I, I got laid off of work, 
already had uh, a duplex uh, in St. Thomas. I had those those first five that I had single family homes. Then uh, then it came to duplex. It came to the triplex and the fourplex right after. With the with the two gentle, three four ventures. yeah two yeah. three four yeah. <laughs> I learned in different cities like uh, St. Thomas Duplex, uh, St. Mary's Triplex, and um, Port Colburn, uh, Niagara Falls, um, Colos Niagara Falls, uh, the fourplex. Okay, so then COVID hits and you get a call, I guess, that, you know, w- tell us about that. Well, actually, I went to work and then uh, COVID started like really affecting the, the automotive market. And um, some like GM, our biggest customer was Ford. They already uh, scheduled shutdowns of um, their lines. And um, basically the company couldn't keep paying employees to, to stay in the office without work, right? Without uh, talking to customers. So I'm a program, um, I'm also a program manager at the company I used to work. And the, the day that uh, they decided, they, they called me in the office, said like, you know what? Um, we cannot keep paying you and uh, you're, you're laid off for an indeterminate amount of time with no pay, no nothing. And um, the funny thing is that I had the smile on my face <laughs> when they said that. And they were like, couldn't understand because typically people will get really sad, right? And I was like, actually, you're putting, you're, you're basically helping me getting to the place I needed to be the uncomfortable because it's a comfort, right? Like the job, it was a comfort for me. Um, I was already like passionate, super passionate about real estate already doing a lot of deals, had some good cash flow going. And I was just staying my job because the comfort that I had of like seeing that paycheck coming every single month. Um, and, um, actually it was, it was, it was, it was almost a blessing to, to be able to, um, continue doing uh, what I was doing on a full-time basis. So you already knew what you were going to do. I I had had this, I already had it laid out. I didn't know how I was going to do it, to be honest, to quit my job. I already had the plan in February that I was going to quit my job in 90 days. That was a promise in a, in a bootcamp in front of about uh, 60 people. I promised myself that I was going to quit my job in 90 days. And it came before that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, so you, you just went out right away and started flipping houses. That was what you did. Uh, not really. Not really. I didn't even know that I was going to start flipping homes. I never done that before. I didn't know even how it worked. But um, what I started was when I lost my job, uh, I said, well, I have to find a, a way to do something, right? Otherwise, my, my wife's going to go crazy me at home all day. <laughs> um, so I started studying more uh, uh, wholesaling. And because I, because I found so many properties off market, right? Like, and I um, did a lot of deals like that. Um, I started studying how to add value to people, like to, to get those properties under contract and all that. And uh, this didn't work for me. I, I'm not, I, I could not do that. I could not buy, I go and say that I'm going to buy a house and just not take over, not buy it. And that's when I start wholesaling for myself. <laughs> when I start finding properties and flipping them. And it came like almost in, uh, instantaneously. Um, of course, I started making a lot of relationship with wholesalers too. So I was buying a lot of properties from wholesalers. I was finding properties myself, and uh, um, it 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 basically was as was a a great journey in terms of like uh, getting pro- off uh, off market deals or wholesale wholesale uh, houses, and then uh, adding adding a lot of value to them and selling them. So that's that's how I start flipping um, almost uh, organically. Hey, breakthrough listeners. Are you a real estate investor looking to scale your portfolio but struggle to find an investment-focused renovation company? Then our team at Evolution Construction Management is here for you. With our standard list of features and processes, we've created an efficient method to streamline your renovation from start to finish so you don't have to. Enjoy a hassle-free renovation on us. Visit our website at www.evolutioncm.ca or email us for your free quote at info at evolutioncm.ca. 
Okay. So tell us about your first one then. Let's, let's go from So that. my first one is in St. Thomas. Um, it was a single family home, massive house. Um, got under contract from a very good friend of mine, wholesaler. And um, I had a business partner that uh, he was an active partner too. Um, we, um, the journey was basically finding the property and then trying to find the money to, to fund it. Right. So um, private, private money, of course. So getting, getting the private lender. um, And then we started the work. It took three months. We finished the house. uh, Are you guys doing the work? I was doing the work at that time. All of it. I was doing a hundred percent of the work, Uh, not uh, the electrical or not any of the trades, but um where i was i was swinging the hammer we were there all day day. every day making sure that things were happening absolutely i was swinging the hammer myself um that was the start i promised myself that i was going to uh learn and um do the work myself for for that moment to build enough enough wealth i would say enough cash for myself to to keep going but that um really like i was building a life around like I was building a, lo- a life around my business. Basically, I didn't have time for my family. I didn't have time for anything. Um, my life was flipping the house, the house that we're doing. Um, in the meantime, we were getting more properties. That's when like the 16 came from because like we're basically every single day looking for more deals and all that. But this property itself learned, like, taught me a lot. Um, about how to to keep timelines how to keep how to make money in flipping homes um it's uh and and basically started this the i would say it's a hard word to say but destruction but um honestly it was hard for me and my family um to to do that and swing the hammer and do everything by myself uh, but uh, over time, this taught me a, a big lesson on how to build a business and how to build a, a, a business around my life and not the way the other way around. Right, right. And clearly they, they, they would have overlapped. So you were probably, like you said, you were still looking for deals when you were in there swinging the hammer all day and probably purchased one or even maybe even two before the first one was done. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We had three properties on a contract um, before the first one finished. And your idea at the time was to (laughs) do all the work in those ones yourself as well? Well, like at the <laughs> mean, in the meantime, I was having a lot of coaching, right? So like I, I started seeing that this was not feasible mm-hmm. at all. Like I was not going to be able to succeed, especially because flipping is three months. Like it, it, as soon as you start holding it for longer, like you're losing more money and more money and it's getting more expensive exponentially. Um, and um, so I, I, I seek count, like counseling, I would say uh, mentorship to start building a real business, not, uh, not a job, right? So I got out of my nine to five job and got another nine to five job or even more than nine to five, to be honest, was like I was working sometimes 140 hours a week. And that's when I couldn't see my family at all. Like, mm-hmm. And this driving to St. Thomas from Stratford is an hour drive each way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I can imagine, I can, I can envision some tension going on with, uh, with a Absolutely. lifestyle like that. So, how did you? Let's talk about how you, um, I guess, remedied this. So we started searching for help, of course. We start hiring. So um, it was not an easy process too, because in construction, uh, especially during COVID too, um, people wouldn't show up. Like you would hire someone and then they would come for a day or two. They just never be found again. Um, so we went through about, I would say, six, seven people in the meantime, like trying wow. in between houses. So while we're finishing one, another one was starting. So they had to start demo and all those things that you guys know. And then um, one guy would show up, never show up again. Um, then it turns into Chris and business partner to do that again um, while we're trying to find another person. So the journey was super hard to get out of the nine to five again. Um, 
until like it took us five houses to be honest to find two guys that were reliable that we'd start doing business together and um those guys stayed with us until the end that's when pretty much i got out of the the swinging the hammer and i was doing more the uh the business side of it just mm -hmm. doing stand operating procedures uh starting to do payrolls and things like that so really being uh, more a business owner than a uh, another another contractor for my company that's kind of the it, it reminded me just of the cash flow quadrant if you i know Absolutely. you guys probably know that the ways you know you're on the employee or self-employed you were self-employed for a while there Absolutely. where you, you're you're graduating up in, in in some way to the business side or investor side where it's where it's more on the business type stuff versus in it but i, I was curious if you think that it was still worth it to swing the hammer for a while there or would you have done it any different if you were to look back on that um honestly no um i um it's not that they didn't, I didn't like the, the work. I, I, I enjoyed it, to be honest. Like, I, I thought it was something that um, it fulfilled me, like, in terms of, like, the, the challenges and the learning experiences and all that. And this actually just uh, gave me a, a different perspective in terms of when I start hiring the guys that I knew, actually, what was, what was uh needed to be done right and how long it took and appreciated more the people that work for me mm -hmm. i really appreciated that because i know how hard it is and the timeline so some the how long something takes to get done absolutely. too absolutely. right because it, you know seeing a finished product and, and understanding how it got that way is definitely two different things Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And that's what I see some of my friends when they, 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 um, they look at those things happening. Right. And they say like, wow, like why did the guy didn't finish on time? And then sometimes you just think, right. I just look at, uh, look at the guy say, well, you just look, look at the amount of work, right. Look at the, 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 the complexity of this. Um, it gives me a different appreciation for contractors. Mm -hmm. uh, it definitely gave me a different appreciation and that's, um, that's when I start putting a lot of thought in terms of how to make it more efficient. How could, how can we make different, right? How can we, how can we make this a little bit more um, appealing, right? So that's when I stand operating procedures. I start making them, um, trying to figure out how to, how to help my contractors um, saving time and saving uh, efforts sometimes. Um, and, uh, and really understanding how long something takes to be done. And, and, um, the last few, few, um, uh, flips that I've done, the timelines are so much more achievable just because I knew how long those things would take me to do and not forcing people to do things faster or pushing them into something that I know that's impossible to be done. And that's right. when my program management skills from automotive came um, to fruition, right? So in, we never we never know what or when we're gonna use those those lessons that we learned in the past. Well, being an engineer, you probably have some pretty good systematic sort of you probably have that type of mind, right? A little more analytical that you can probably work through that better than some people. When you start when you start saying operating procedures and things like that for me that's the struggle i know to do that. <laughs> <laughs> sit down and, I, for I some reason i just that. automatically yawned right there i don't know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and me too like I, i'm i'm as an engineer like i i had to always think with a different mindset right like in terms of like saving time and like say especially in automotive right because automotive everything is so tight in in terms of cash right like everything's so cheap like the auto, the automakers don't want to pay much for what we build so we have to be uh strategic and uh and the process needs to be so tight right so uh streamlined that's the cheapest you can make mm -hmm. um and <clears> that's <throat> that's how i brought it this to real estate that that ex, exper, that experience right how can we make it faster how can we make more streamlined so would you say that timeline struggle was your biggest challenge or i think my biggest challenge was finding people first number one contractors are super hard and that's why it it translated to timeline 
um, it translated, it, it was a consequence, right? Like, so either I would do it all myself and travel between houses and try to do things in, in parallel, or mm -hmm. I would have to get people to keep, to keep coming to the house and doing the work while we're doing something else. And uh, it's timeline typically is a translation of something else that's going on in, in the project, right? Is it either people are not showing up or not, they're, they're not doing the right, the, the work in the proper way or taking too long to do something or you just don't, uh, don't have uh, a perspective in terms of how long is this going to take. Um, so there is a lot of translations that uh, we need to always look for uh, to be able to make sure that uh, the timelines are real, are, are something that is achievable, or it's because um, people are not doing the work. So give us just one more challenge maybe that you've had along the way, like a, a different sort of from a different angle than what we've talked about here and, and then uh, and how you overcame it. Uh, money, right? So like when you're doing so many deals, like uh, finding money partners that are always um, uh, reliable, it's super hard, right? So uh, on during when we're doing the first deal, the first um, uh, flip, I got a call from um, from my good wholesaler friend and he said, well, we have this property, we agree that we're going to buy it. Um, and then when we're finishing the first house, we were taking possession of this, this other house. There was the fourth house that we purchased at the same time. And, uh, my probably three days before the closing, uh, my money partner said, I don't have money. Yeah. That's always good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh, I have $180,000 to put down, uh, in the property. And I had no money. Uh, I already had four properties. I was doing the renovation myself. I was putting money for the renovations myself, me and my business partner. And uh, I was like, well, that's great news. So I had called my business partner, said like, you know what? We don't have money to buy the house. We, it's three days before and we, we have to find money. And uh, that journey started like, and we stopped everything we're doing and basically start calling everyone we knew. Um, in two days, we raised uh, $230,000 in two days, just from conversations. Um, so you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. Sometimes this makes us grow super fast. And that was a super incredible experience for me. And uh, it never happened again. Um, I basically protected every single thing around myself to, for this not to happen again, because that was a stressful time, especially when you're asking family for money. Um, and, uh, I never wanted to go through that again in my life. Okay. Yeah, no, and that's great. That's a, that's a good one. Now, <laughs> I guess the, the next, like you said, just through conversation. So, I mean, let's analyze that a little bit more because obviously to raise that money, there's a bunch of different ways that it can be done. It can be done, you know, through, through private lending. It can be done through yeah. loans, whatever. Like tell us, tell us uh, a little bit about maybe, I don't know. I don't want to get too personal, but share as much as you want, I guess, on Absolutely. how you pull that together. Absolutely. So uh, first person I called was a, uh, a big uh, firm, private lending company um, that already had conversation in the past. But for them, it took them like about two weeks to get the money. Right. So until you apply and do everything and they do the due diligence coming in with the inspectors and everything else, appraisals, uh, especially because this house was really like... Um, it was, it, it was, it was a, it was a hoarder house. So like anyone that would come in, there's no, um, no eaves, no downspouts, no nothing. Right. So many of those guys, they don't want to lend into those kind of things. So I had already in back my head that they're not going to get me any money for the house. Uh -huh. So that was challenge number one, trying to get a private lender to say like, okay, I know you're going to do improvements in the house. This house is like, uh, a complete disaster not say another word um and um and that was number one challenge second challenge was 
Yes, um, I had to do friends and family round, basically like that as a seed round, just just from family and friends trying to figure it out. If they know me. Uh, I built a name for myself that I am good steward with the money that I I, I use. And uh, I said, like, you know, I'm going to give you this money back. I'm going to be able to find a private lender and get you the money back. And that's what people did. Like, basically, I uh, I was getting $70,000 from my father-in-law, like another 30000 for someone else. And then I, I got six or seven different people to get to $230,000. Uh-huh. And that was the challenge, right? Like getting getting all those people to agree and to to know that I could do that and uh, and give them money, money back. It turned out that two weeks later, the private lender accepted to lend us the money. And then they lend us like to uh, 80% of the, the value of the house that they appraised. And actually it was pretty much close to what I bought the house for. <laughs> so we could pay those guys two weeks later, uh, 100% of the money. And I would say probably other than maybe like some really close family uh, who just doesn't want to see their daughter's husband fall into trouble by not closing <laughs> on houses. Yeah. It's got to be because of track record that people looked into. Like, like, yeah, right. So you already had that established and you were able to show them, Absolutely. hey, like we're, you know, put our money where our mouth is once you give Absolutely. it to, once you give it to us. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I'll fight for that. I'll fight for that money. I'll go to war for that money. Um, luckily we had already the first house sold already. So I could prove that actually like what we bought for this money, um, on that deal, we bought that, bought the house for 250,000. We sold it for $500,000. Um, so we knew that we're, what we're doing was right. We're buying the houses at buyer, very highly discounted prices on the right way. And, uh, luckily enough, um, during COVID, uh, a lot of the people from on from toronto start exiting toronto because they were like more doing um uh home uh at home work um work from home and saint thomas boomed from nowhere like in 20 the beginning of 2020 saint thomas had a growth of like over 30 percent uh in price point um so we got to the point that we bought a lot of houses on the time that before the exit started happening and then suddenly the prices of homes, I was buying homes for $170,000, $200,000, 200000 And then they were like 600s on the 500, 600s by the time we're selling them. So it was, it was a great time to buy. Mm-hmm. So we could prove ourselves really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's great, man. Um, <laughs> that's really cool. But what, what made you, so have you stopped flipping? Um, I, when, uh, let me, let me rephrase that. I didn't stop flipping. Um, basically, um, August this year was the last four, like August, I was flipping the last four house that I had it as plans to flip. Um, and, um, I decided to, to take a break and then stay with my family. And that's when we moved to BC. Um, it was, um, it was a hard time basically the, the past year, I would say like without seeing my family, my, I have a daughter that's two years old, just turning two years old right now, uh, that I didn't spend as much time as I wanted with her. My son is four years old. So that really, uh, gave me a lot of that. Um, a, it was a pain, a pain point for me, um, mm-hmm. not being able to be with my family and do different things with them. And that's when we decided, you know what? It was a dream for my wife, actually, as well, like to live in a place that is um, more outdoorsy and things like that. We can do more things. And that's when we decided to move to uh, Kelowna area in BC. And that's when I paused a little bit the the, the work and, and we stopped doing activities with uh, the, the construction company that I have. I see. And so you're still acquiring properties. You're just hanging on to them. Absolutely. We have the birds. I have a few properties that we do um, just buy and holds. Not flipping for a little bit until like we, we start, uh, I I'm meeting more people here. Probably I'm going to start flipping homes here. Um, really getting the connections and all that. So it's going to take a little bit, but we're going to get back to it. It's, How about it's, this? it's something I really like. 
How about this question? I know that you need it and, and time off is very important, but how, how, how does it feel to you? It feels weird. It feels weird right now to me to do stuff from home. Um, it, uh, it became like almost a, a habit for me to be, to be always dealing with properties and, and doing the, those, thing, those hard things. Mm-hmm. And I thrive in pressure. I'm, I'm a guy that I thrive in pressure. Um, so it became, I needed a break and I'm, I'm very blessed with the break that I have right now, but, um, without pressure, I, I don't, I'm not myself. So I need that. I need that very soon again. Okay. Yeah, no, I understand. I was just, uh, I was just wondering because it sounds to me like, well, I mean, I've been in that situation too, and, and I have learned how to relax a little bit. But there was definitely times where I just needed to keep going, right? And when Absolutely. and when I sort of forced myself to uh, to slow down, it was that was uncomfortable. So um, it's a learning curve, no matter which way you look at it. Absolutely. Learning curve to get there, and then a learning curve to back off. Um, Absolutely. Tell well, us about. Uh, well, I, I know you're doing some other stuff in the in the background, maybe, or maybe it's on the forefront. But you are working on some uh, technology. Yeah, a lot of this stuff. So what's uh, what's what's that all about? You're developing an app, or you know, there's some yes, stuff that you're working so... on there. What's that all about? <laughs> I started a year ago um, when um, I really passionate about um, about uh, creating new processes as an engineer, right? Just trying to make stuff more efficient. And um, when I was doing a lot of the wholesaling, I found a lot of um, the process was still like so old school, I would say like really medieval. And that's when I started like thinking, how can I make this a little bit more? States already have, the United States already have a lot of like different uh, technology that people use for um, either wholesaling or like anything off MLS, right? Anything off MLS right now, it's pocket deals or, um, or people like sending letters, hundreds and letters or things like that. And for me, when I see that, I always, uh, it, it hurts me when I see the inefficiencies. And that's when I start thinking about a different way of doing things in Canada that other countries already found a way, right? States already had a bunch of companies that are doing um, the the home, uh, like the homeowner way of doing it if they don't want to go through uh, MLS and all that. So and that's when I start doing that and, and building technology around it. Cool. So it's, it's yeah, there's a, there's a massive the like the fintech world is has been going crazy over the last couple of years with all these different things around the real estate world. There's a there's a ton of interest in that from uh, from big venture capitalists and everything. It's pretty interesting to follow all that 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 industry right now. And it's uh, over Absolutely. the next couple of years too going forward. It's there's going to be a lot of changes, especially like you mentioned. There's tons of of this stuff already in the U.S. It's, there's a lot of there's a lot of room for 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 some 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 companies some someone to add some value there to this sort of stuff in, in Canada but not just Canada across North America and everywhere but Canada Absolutely. for sure is lacking a lot of these resources right now Absolutely especially when you think that there's so much immigration coming to Canada right like when you think like how are these immigrants um not only with buying and selling but renting and all that right so there's not really real platforms that people are doing things and like following and all and 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 that is um um is innovative for this market so i built i built this around what i was having issues with so it's not only buying and selling but my my whole holistic approach is basically helping people getting not only the house but like finding the contractors finding everything to promote them or to to help them thriving in the world of real estate that's the, all the problems that i found right when i was talking to you guys about not having contractors around me it is hard to contact with them because it's, it's there's no no real place that people can go as like a linkedin to find an engineer for example there's nothing like that for a contractor for example you have to go on kijiji you have to go on facebook marketplace and that's when 
you see all the time people asking on, on Facebook the validation from other people, right? How do you validate that a contractor is good today is based on word of mouth, typically, mm-hmm. right? When you say like, oh, do you know a, a plumber that I can use? And then they ask for the validation from their network. And that's what was, we're missing in Canada too. And uh, that's, that's, these are the, the things that uh, are going to be added to the technology. I believe that if someone adds that to technology, they're going to be very successful. Okay. Did you want to do, do you want to promote your, what you're doing then? Or <laughs> uh, we're very early stage right now. We're in uh, beta testing right now. Domaly. Um, Domaly is the name of the company that I'm building. Um, <clears throat> it's w, it's domaly.com. It's a platform is a iOS platform right now. And uh, at this point, we're basically on the retail side, basically helping people like finding properties for rent or uh, anything that's uh, off market right now, like people that want to put properties for sale uh, or for rent. Um, and that's 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 the stage we are right now. We're super early stage and uh, we're trying we're we're growing it uh, organically right now um, until we get into uh, Apple Store. Yeah, and I know it's early, and I just because someone, you know, most likely we've got listeners hearing this a year from when it's recorded or whatever. So by then, you know, it might be up and running. So uh, it was it was D O M A L L Y, A L L Y. So Dom, uh, it's a synthesis of two words. Dom being uh, my wife is Polish, but uh, and uh, Dom is um, housed in Polish. D O M, and then Ally for the United resources, commodities, and people for mutual benefit. So that's, mm. that's what the meaning of Domaly is. Okay. Gotcha. That's cool. <laughs> Thoughtful. Yeah. We thought a lot about everything in the company as yes. everything, every single detail. Yeah. I got to name my flip house here now because it was called Casa Maria, which is yellow for those that don't know, but uh, it is no longer yellow. So we've got to figure out a new name. <laughs> And that's been that's been stewing around for a little while here. So it's amazing. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and then get the sign made because that's how that's around here. That's basically how you would tell somebody. Oh yeah, it's Casa Tortuga. You know, and then right. they yeah. drive down the street until they see Casa Tortuga. So it's amazing. Uh, I like we'll that. Figure. We, we need we need something like that around Canada. That's that doesn't happen here. I don't Absolutely. even know how to get my mail. Like. <laughs> It doesn't come to the house. I'm still trying to figure that out. Quentin D'Souza sent me a book, apparently. I don't know how to get it. So he asked me yesterday, have you got the book yet? And I'm like, I don't know how to get my mail. So I had to figure that out. One of these well, years, you got to figure that out. The important <laughs> things the important things come to email, right? All the bills come to email and you can pay it online. But all this other stuff, we've still got to figure out. Absolutely. Mail is going to be something that is going to end at some point too. Technology is going to take over that. Mm. Technology has to take over that. Um, Let's talk about a piece of info and advice or advice that's always stuck with you. Uh, I believe that, uh, you know, like you need to, you need to be able to live in your own comfort zone. And uh, that's what I taught. uh, I learned when I lost my job as an engineer and like follow my passion. Um, I believe that holding yourself into something that you're comfortable with just because it's comfortable, um, it's sometimes not gonna drive you to the next level. And uh, me getting out of the comfort zone and starting to wholesaling and, and flipping homes changed my life completely. Um, at the beginning is hard, like it was hard because probably I didn't put enough emphasis in terms of uh, hiring more people, but um, Putting yourself in those uncomfortable zone um, in your passion, something that is going to change your life. Um, it is something that I learned and I really share with everyone that I talk to. Oh, when should I start moving to real estate? When should I start doing more real estate and stop doing what I'm doing right now that I'm not as passionate about? And of course, everyone, every time, everyone's timing is different, but put yourself in that uncomfortable situation. Like, um, you know, once you, when you think it's right, of course, I'm not going to say for you to stop earning money and then going bankrupt. But um, when you put in an uncomfortable situation under pressure, we always, as humans, we always find a way out. And that's what I found when I 
I was lack of money, right? When the guy, when the, the private lender didn't come with the money, um, we under pressure, we always find a way. We always have a solution to the problem. So um, that's, that's what I wanted to basically tell people, like just follow your dreams, follow your passions and um, get uncomfortable. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I like yeah, that. staying uncomfortable as much as you can for sure. It's it's Absolutely. dangerous to be comfortable. Sometimes it's some we mentioned it earlier. It's sometimes, more dangerous. Sometimes it's sometimes it's uncomfortable, you know, maybe trying to relax a bit too. There's there's both Absolutely. sides of that, right? It's not necessarily that you need to go do a million different things. Sometimes it's that you need to maybe that is comfortable if you've been working in that or living in that too long. Maybe you need to go the other way even. But Absolutely. I totally agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I think that for me, it, it turned comfortable flipping homes at some point because uh, I mm -hmm. start building, I, I start building the, the standard operating procedures and then the timelines were like easier to, to agree with. And then uh, the, the, the cost of doing renovations starting to get really, really close only on an estimate side uh, to the point that was from estimate to finish it was a thousand two thousand dollars difference from the estimate it became comfortable and i said how can i get uncomfortable again how can i get to the point that right now this is completely new right how can we do that and then uh build build the business uh, or build build the business that it can run on its own on a construction side on a, a flipping side and then do something more uncomfortable on the other side and that's how i thrive and if you dial, if you dial this right back, sort of to someone who's maybe listening to this who hasn't invested anything in, in anything yet, you know that first purchase is going to be uncomfortable. There's just Absolutely. no way around that. No, you 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 can learn and learn and learn for years, and no matter what, that that first purchase is still going to be uncomfortable. So uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, you've got to face that reality in order to you know, move forward in this space. Right. Absolutely. So I think that that's a good lesson for all the people listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk like, what, what are your big plans now for the future? You said you might start getting into flipping uh, in BC as well. What else do you got um, in the works? Um, I've been really thinking about um, really building the next generation of uh, my life into technology. I'm really passionate about it. I really, I really think that there is a lot of um, of potential when you're talking about technology. A lot of op uh, options, right? Different than real estate is. There is a lot of options. There's a lot of exit strategies. There's a lot of uh, ways to build wealth through real estate. But definitely, um, there is technology there is so much so much uh, to explore that i'm super in, i'm super super intrigued about that i'll be continue doing like flipping and and probably like hiring more people and getting people to do the work and then continue going with uh different different technology in, uh for real estate i'm going to continue doing real estate but in technology side so i have another a few ideas uh how to add value to people on uh, technology level that's great. Well, Chris, you know what? We've really enjoyed this conversation Thank today. You. So Thank appreciate you. you taking the time to come out and, and join us here today. I think it'd be a great, it'd be a great guest down the road with uh, once some of these technology things are, uh, are coming to light for you. We'd love to have you back on to learn about, Absolutely. about that experience or about hopefully some great successes we can share at that point too. Absolutely. I would, I would love to do that. It's kind of, it's going to come. Uh, it's just a matter of time right now, but uh, I would love to come back. I really enjoyed the conversation with you guys. Yeah, and I want to thank our good friend Corey McKinnon for hooking us up, right? No, I appreciate that too. I appreciate Corey for all this and uh, to 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 introduce me to you guys. A lot of Corey's, a lot of Corey's um, friends, clients, etc. When we started engaging with them, it's like we've done. 15 flips in the last 12 months or if it, like a, they have some big numbers, really interesting <laughs> people. Yeah, yeah. Go through his courses they and do. things like that. So yeah, no, he, he, he's very good at finding great people around for sure. Yeah. Now, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more, even more about what you're doing? <laughs> so I'm on, I'm on Instagram, uh, as, uh, Chris Herlin, uh, Facebook, the same thing and, uh, LinkedIn. Um, so search more for Chris Herlin. 
And um, I would be, I would love to chat more about it. If you guys have any questions, I'm always open. I'm, I'm, I'm an open door kind of guy. Like I'm always, I'm always willing to share and to listen, learn new things. <clears throat> so please contact me. And then okay. We can, uh, we can talk about anything that you guys want to talk about. And that's Chris C A H R I S and Herlin is H E R L I N. And again, like all of your contact info is going to be in the show notes. Um, people can go over to our website and get in touch with you through there as well. So again, thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Sandy. How can people get in touch with you? Uh, 289-389-6846 or uh, info at com. And you can reach me as always at rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. We will see you next time. Thanks for joining us been listening to the breakthrough real estate investing podcast we hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show and we hope you've been inspired to take control and live life on your terms we'll be back soon but in the meantime make sure to like rate and review the show and don't forget to subscribe and listen on apple podcasts and spotify see you next time